Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, are you tired of trying but failing to move past experiences or relationships that have caused hurt or confusion? Do you cringe when someone says, get over it, because you're feeling stuck? Tune in as I talk with Sally Livingston, licensed marriage and family therapist and author of the new book, Get Over It. We discuss what it is, the power we have to respond, and how God notices us when we feel stuck. Sally Livingston has been a licensed marriage and family therapist and ministry leader for over 25 years. She is a gifted speaker for marriage and family topics, as well as in the arena of conflict resolution and anger management. She is a team developer and consultant for churches and business, a certified right path trainer and prepare enrich facilitator. Sally is passionate about helping people understand the issues in their lives that prevent them from living in freedom and equipping them to make the changes necessary to move past the stuck places. Sally and her husband of 28 years have three adult children, and she is the author of the new book, Get Over It, which I'm really excited to talk about on this episode. So Sally, welcome to The Notice. Thank you so much, Susan. So glad to be here today. I'm really excited about our conversation and what we're going to be talking about. This is a passion of mine to really help people when they feel stuck. And so tell me, we're going to dive right in here. Tell me some of the common patterns or indications that tell us that someone's really stuck. So it may just be that those three little words, uh, get over it. Maybe you have heard someone say that to you. Maybe you've said it to yourself. I know countless clients I've talked to have said, I know I just need to get over it but I don't know how. So that would clearly be an indication. Um, Sometimes I have people work backwards though. Uh, What are the things in your life that are not working? Um, Are there some behavioral things that you're doing that are causing you problem or your friends are telling you? Um, Then you might be able to work back to say, there's something going on here that I may be stuck in. It would then be important to, to kind of look at that and identify your it. You describe in this book that Scientists discovered negative emotions like worry, shame, guilt, and pride actually have an addictive quality, which can trigger reward centers in the brain. So how does this contribute to us almost liking to be stuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the brain is an amazing thing, and we keep learning more and more about it. But one of the things that we have um, discovered, scientists have discovered, is that um, the emotions negative or positive kind of activate something in the reward center of the brain. So though um, pride is maybe considered to be different than, you know, shame or the polar opposite, they they both activate somewhat of the same parts of the brain. The, the same neural circuits are activated, like the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. Um, and, and those things, and even worry has been shown to make the brain, quote unquote, feel better. 
because it's activated. Uh, what I like to talk about, and you know, liking to be stuck, it, it's really you know the thing that you um, you refuse to look at kind of continues. And so, being stuck is something that I I'm kind of I'm kind of refusing to look at it, or I don't know how to look at it, and I'm used to this. So it's it's more a, a situation where I am I am in the habit of feeling this way, mm. and it's it's mm-hmm. more normal to me than um, what I don't know. So it's almost more you know fear of the unknown is is worse to the brain who's used to feeling a certain way. And so, you know, that familiarity, breeding, comfort. Right. That comfort um, zone. Right. That comfort zone. So I don't think anybody would say they like to be stuck, but I think we're, we're used to it in some cases and it almost is rewarded for us in, in terms of comfort. In terms of comfort. You know, you also describe in the book that the first step from breaking away from the stuck, stuck cycle is to find what it is could Mm -hmm. be in your life. Then you can work on the get overing it part. Mm-hmm. So how would you encourage us to go about that? I think it's, you know, it's like what we talked about. The very first question is, you know, what is it? Um, is there is there a relationship that you keep having? You know, you hear, oh, my goodness, I keep um, dating the same person or marrying the same person, you know, in a sense, though they are different. It's the same pattern. And really the common denominator is me. Do I have am I having difficulty making decisions and I just don't know why? Am I afraid of certain things? Um, are, and, and are they a hindrance to my, to my life, to living the life I really want to have? So in a sense, is there a gap between what I want and what I'm experiencing? So there's something in there that we would find that is the cause, and I, I call that the it. So kind of discovering it, you, whether you work forward, backward, or backward, forward, uh, you know, forward to understand it, um, it's, it's important to look at it and say, okay, there's something in my way that I'm not living fully the way I'd like to live. And the it can be a lot of different things. It could be something we've done, right? Could be. Or it could be something that has happened to us. You know, I know it seems like the latest buzzword for it is trauma. And, and mm-hmm. you know, can you explain? I know you talk about this in the book, the little different mm-hmm. definitions between the word trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of struggled with this um, when writing the book because as a psychotherapist, of course, I've dealt with people that have tremendous trauma, you know, childhood trauma. Um, and I also have clients who say, well, you know, gosh, mine's not so bad because I didn't grow up under the floorboards of a house, you know, but I wanted to really pull both definitions in because I've worked with both. And so the, you know, the more typical um, definition is, you know, a, um, a psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental, emotional stress. Um, but the other definition is an emotional upset. So I wanted to give the range of options for people. That's so good. It's maybe, yeah, that it's not just for those who have that clinical designation of trauma that we can understand as, you know, going to war, or having PTSD, having a, an, a terribly abusive childhood. But it could also just be, as you said, something I've done that I am now interpreting as shameful. It's who I am, not just what I've done. Or, or I just can't make decisions. Or I just can't say no. I don't have any boundaries. So it works for all of those it's in our life. It's in our lives. And, you know, I love Second Timothy 1.7, which tells us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Sounds so good, doesn't it? Um, but doesn't fear keep us stuck? It totally does. And I use this passage in all of my counseling with my children, with myself, with just to remind me when I'm fearful, this is not of the Lord. He didn't give me that spirit, but what he did give me, love, power, sound, mind, are directly impacted by fear. 
So physiologically, when we are in a state of fear, we are not able to think higher level thoughts. We are not able to, you know, um, sound mind. So we don't have sound mind. We can't really think. We don't can't really love because we're more in the, the fight or flight. We're kind of holding on and trying to survive. And so we're not able to give out, to, you know, love to our the people around us. And power, we're just kind of immobilized in fear. It's the number one tool of the enemy to keep us stuck. That's right. Fear. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't want us. He wants us to be stuck. He doesn't want us to move forward because then we're on mission for Jesus. We're absolutely. doing something for Jesus, and he doesn't want that to happen. So absolutely, you know, you know, and whether it's fear-based or not, you know, I guess what's when we define this it. So I guess, you know, like your book says, isn't the answer just to get over it? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just get over it. I mean, we tell that to ourselves. We tell it to people all the time. But why does that statement have such negative connotations? And how can we look at it more positively? Oh, it absolutely does. And it was, you know, kind of when when God started downloading this in my brain, um, you know, I said, well, what is it? And it was just get over it. And, you know, kind of exactly the opposite meaning um, that he was giving me is, well, let's help people get over it. Let's truly help people get over it. Um, and not use the negative connotation of get over it, you know, because I'm tired of hearing about it. Get over it because, you know, you just should be over it, uh, which is exactly the opposite of what I was hoping the message would be is how do we actually get over to the other side of our it? Um, and so it does. It has a negative connotation and it's um, an exasperated, usually, um, expression. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that uh it's like a, an episode from an old Bob Newhart show. Um, but there is this episode where he just, he's working with this counselor. And he just says, stop it, stop it. And if any of you out there want to listen to that, you should, it's funny. But oh, that's yeah. kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels like you should just say, stop it, stop it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's, what's the problem? You know, if I, if I have struggle with overeating, shouldn't I just stop it? Uh-huh. If I, you know, if I have a struggle with, um, running, or, you know, and I don't like to run, you know, well, that's easy. I can just stop that. <laughs> but, but, but you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? So what Absolutely. are the positive ways we can look at it, getting over it? Yeah, that it's actually, you know, I, I say those three little words, you know, we don't say them because they're, we don't like to say them. We don't like to hear them because they sound mean. They sound, you know, but they could actually be the nicest mean words you'll ever hear because they could be life giving, you know, where we come alongside one another and we, you know, spur one another on toward good deeds and say, let's, you can do it. You can get over this. Um, and that's why I really wanted to, to turn the, the phrase on its head and, and give it a, a more positive meaning. Uh, because it is the opportunity to be transformed. And the one thing you have in there, you have a picture, and it's mm-hmm. a picture of a of a horse jumping over it looks like a hurdle. And mm-hmm. you you talk about that a little bit. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that kind of visual, because I think it's really helpful for people to understand the getting over part. Yes, I'm truly a visual person, and and when I when I think of get over it in the negative sense, it's somebody screaming at somebody else, you know, just with you know a loud voice and and and. Um, I saw this little tray in a gift shop and it just really helped me to, to frame the new sense of that. It's a, it's an equestrian, um, used in equestrian circles and it is a horse jumping a, a hurdle and the, the, you know, the words get over it, um, is really an encouragement, you know, to get over the hurdle, to, to succeed. It was, you know, just such a, a, a stark visual contrast to what the typical, you know, visual of those three words typically, you know, is. Yeah, it was a great, it's a great visual. You'll have to see that in the book. And, you know, another thing you say in the book is 
We can easily make mountains out of molehills and molehills out of mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this kind of remind me of a word I created and I discuss in the book that I'm writing, and it's called respondability. And oh I call this the power we have to respond to our it. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes it challenging for us to get off track in our responses? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's about objectivity, you know, and that's that's one of the first steps in the book um, that I talk about is, um, is what are you seeing and what are you making out of what you are seeing based on your own interpretations, et cetera. And so often when we're stuck, we look down at what we're stuck in and it can become our focus and we can lose sight of, you know, everything around us. And it, it's not necessarily the truth. So I love, you know, your podcast name, The Notice. Um, and it's so important for us to to notice what God is saying, what God is doing, instead of what we are limited in our view to see because we feel stuck. Because, you know, the, the, the most, you know, I think I said it earlier, what um, we resist persists. So mm-hmm. if I tell you, do not, you know, you That's know don't look at that picture behind you, Susan, then all you want to do is look at the picture behind mm-hmm. you. So we start to get um, caught up in the thing that we're focused on. So I think it's important to look up um, and see what God has got going on for you and the promises he has for you to help you live in freedom. Because after all, that's what, you know, his desire for us is. And, you know, on the notice, we, we talk about our need for affirmation, which is approval or validation, which is just acknowledgement. You know, mm-hmm. many times I think we have this excessive need because our it becomes our identity statement. Yeah. Like, I am unworthy instead of what happened to me was unhealthy or I made a bad choice or I am a failure. Mm -hmm. And it seems that we have a hard time separating our experiences from our identity. And I know I've seen my own counselees get stuck there and I'm sure you've seen it too. Mm -hmm. But as you get further into your book, I love how you use the word over. You use it as an acronym for these steps to get us unstuck. You talked Mm -hmm. about one of them, you talked about O is opening up and objectivity. And then V is for vent, validate and verify. E is for evaluate, embrace, examine, and emerge. Lots of E words. And R is for release, respond, and rebuild. You know, I could talk about all these words all day, but, you know, validation is a theme on the notice. So I'd like to focus a little bit on that. You know, in Psalm 37, it says, open up before God, keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with his approval at high noon. So how important is validation to getting over it? I would venture to say it is, as far as the steps go and as far in life, it's it's one of the most important things that we can um, identify, um, understand, accept, um, and, and find the truth about validation because there, there are many sources of validation that are external to us. Um, though they're, it's very dangerous to be externally validated um, because it can come and it can go and it may not be based on the truth that we know. So the internal validation um, is more what I'm talking about here. The God's, God says so because God says so, I am. Mm-hmm. And he says there is no condemnation for me. Um, he says you are loved and you are cherished and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so those sources of validation. So, so where we get the validation is as important as the fact that we validate 
but in particular, I'm talking about validating feelings of your experience, your it. Mm-hmm. Because so often what keeps people stuck, I talk about the O and the V being more like the emergency room where the accident or the scene of the crime mm-hmm. where it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the E and the R, which, you know, typically has another connotation as well of a healing place, something to, but so often we get through, we go to the O and the R, O and the V, sorry, and we slip back down because we don't allow ourselves to validate that we have feelings. They may be negative feelings. They are God-given, however, because we're made in his image. And so the validation is God in us. God created yeah. us. And and I think of validation, and this is just, and actually the book I'm writing is about validation mm-hmm. affirmation, but I kind of character, I kind of split it up really, and I say validation is acknowledging. Acknowledging mm-hmm. that this happened to me, acknowledging yes. our it, acknowledging that, yes, I'm angry, yes, I'm frustrated, yes, I'm sad, and those mm-hmm. are negative feelings which we don't like to to and oftentimes I've seen a lot in counseling sessions that's that the counselees just want somebody to say you know what what happened to you was really bad yes. that was really bad and that's part of the healing process is to mm-hmm. say you know to admit that and validate it and validate your feelings you know but you know God validates that and you mentioned that a little bit in what mm-hmm. you just said you know mm-hmm. God validates us too but I also think I like to think of him he's the he's the God who affirms us he's the yes. God who says being unworthy that's just not an issue because mm-hmm. the cross took care of it right that's the right. cross said you know, it does. You shouldn't worry whether or not you're worthy or not, frankly, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you are. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you aren't worthy, and but it's not an issue between us because the cross said, "My mercy takes care of it; it covers it all." Mm-hmm. So let's get busy. Let's get on with it. Let's get on mm-hmm. with the healing. And mm-hmm. so God does want us to acknowledge it, but also go on. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where, um, to me, that's the ultimate validation and affirmation is the cross. It's definitely Absolutely. the cross. Definitely mm-hmm. the cross. So I know in your book you describe there's lots of ways to get over it, but you say you'll know when you're over it when you no longer have a need to tell the story. And I'm just going to say, I, I totally get that. Um, mm-hmm. I've been through a divorce and I don't talk about my divorce anymore, hardly at all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I was going through it, I tell you, it, mm-hmm. it was all about that. I couldn't think of anything else. So right. tell me a little bit, you know, do you have a story of somebody that you can share that you've seen how somebody's actually gotten over it? Yes. And um, I, I, gosh, there's so many actually. And it's, it's, it's been wonderful to see and hear from people who are working this, the steps and finding freedom. And I'll just say it's, it's, we're never quite over it. You know, our it, um, it's not a permanent thing because until we reach heaven, we'll never have that perfection. But I can tell you, I, there's a case study and it's Lydia uh, in the, in the book. And I talk about her, her getting stuck pretty early in life because it does, you know, our stuff gets started early in life in the family life and, and she coming from a very religious home where um, she learned, um, unfortunately, not to express or, or feel anything and, and was um, sexually abused as a child and, and her parents were just unable, we'll give them, um, you know, benefit of doubt, they were unable to deal with it and so she, they didn't speak of it when she told them. And she learned not to speak of anything. And then her father tragically died young, and she became that surrogate parent and and for her uh, and spouse for her mother and and um, parent for her siblings. And it was I started seeing her when she was forty five years old, just a shell of a person without the ability to receive anything good, to, living in the the need to be perfect, though 
feeling so much shame about everything she did. So really working through these steps with her, it has taken some time, I'll tell you, years to really be at the place that she is today where she can allow herself to, to be imperfect, to trust. I mean, she's uh-huh. a Christian. She has the faith, but she was just never even able to make the bridge between her, her head and her heart to accept God's grace and mercy and forgiveness even for her um, and for the shame she felt. So really, she's taken off the shame blanket. I see her today living in such freedom uh-huh. for having accepted that feelings are just feelings, that she is valid, that no wonder she feels this way. In fact, she was telling me a story the other day and using those words, because I see those are kind of like a, some miracle words that you can use for yourself. Well, no wonder I'm feeling this because this happened. Now, what do I want to do about it? Um, there's the freedom break when you could take that pause and say, okay, now what? Um, and so she's really, you know, she's not there yet, and, and none of us are, but she is so much further along for having um, worked through and, you know, the, the objectification, the validation, the examining of her options, and now the release and the rebuilding. She's in the rebuilding phase, and it's so beautiful to see. Well, you know, it's funny because you talk about work through, right? Mm-hmm. And work through doesn't mean get over it. It's just exactly. a quick fix. Yes. So, I mean, we have to work through these things. We might have to go deeper. We might have to go someplace we don't want to go um, mm-hmm. to to know exactly the way I like think of it is to know exactly the way that we have to define what it is because that's what God's saving us from. He's exactly. saving us from that it. And when when our relationship with God starts to get closer, when we when we define those it's mm-hmm. um, in the book, I call it dross. You know how the dross rises uh-huh. to the surface and in, in the metal. Um, like in your book, you have I love in the cover you have overs in gray and it is in a different color. And I know mm-hmm. that was deliberate, right? Mm, it was <laughs> yes, yeah. because we want you. Know, we have to define that it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. So I know you know somebody out there is is listening to this podcast today and. Uh, they're fairly, they're feeling stuck, Sally. Mm-hmm. Um, they want they want to get over it. They want it to be a simple fix, mm-hmm. but it might not be. And there are people out there like yourself who are who are out there working with people and helping people. And this book might be a good step for somebody to just get some um, ideas and closure and and you know some tools mm-hmm. to. Um, to, to get over it, but it's helpful to walk through that with someone, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm actually doing this with my Bible study group, and, and one of the ladies said, I'd love to send this to my mom, but I find it so helpful to, to be talking to you, and she means me, about it. Or, But I agree. I think if you could talk with somebody through the process, because it is hard to be objective about yourself. You know, we're, we're able to do that so much easily, more um, easily for other people than for ourselves. So I think it's definitely something to be worked out in the group um, with a counselor, with lay counselors, professional counselors, whatever, a friend uh, working through it together. And this process is something that, yes, you may, as you said, it's a getting over it process. And so we're never fully over and our it will change because mm-hmm. we know life changes. But once you learn the four step process, you can apply it to almost anything. So it's valuable for for you know, uh, people at all levels. I had a, a football coach say, "Wow, I could really use this with my team." There you go. Um, mm-hmm. Teachers with my students who are stuck, you know, or have a learning uh, issue. Um, so yes, I think it is it is valuable as anything is in a group setting to know you're not alone. You're not the only one who is stuck or or who ever will be stuck. And um, there's help and there's hope. That's right. And you know, um, if you want to get over it. 
okay? You can certainly pick a copy of Sally's book, or, or better yet, you can go to my website, susankhookster.com, and, and you can sign up for the chance to win a free copy of her book. But mm-hmm. you can also find it on all the, the uh, channels, Amazon, those kinds of things, too. So mm-hmm. in, in closing, Sally, um, there's so much more we could talk about in this area, but I'm so encouraged by this book. I'm so encouraged by by um, taking these, you, you, you know, you make it simple in a way. Mm-hmm. I know it's not, but the having simple tools or saying, okay, mm-hmm. I'm in this stage or this step helps mm-hmm. us know that there's like, you know, and especially since there's four <laughs> steps, right. it's like, okay, we're, we're starting, we, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So before we go, is there something that you would really like to say to that person out there who feels stuck? I think so. I mean, and I, I come down to a couple of verses that really resonate with me in this process. And, you know, one is John 8, um, 36, that I, whenever I get the privilege of signing someone's book, um, this is what I, what I pen in there because it's, you know, um, the, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will surely mm-hmm. be free. Mm-hmm. That's his promise. And then it free to have what, or to do what. And so I go to John 10, 10 and, you know, came to give us life and life to the full. So there is there is hope, and that is not in in the book or in a person, but it is in Jesus Christ, and our hope is in Him, and and trusting His promises. So I would say, you know, notice God; He is at work in your life, even when you're stuck. Um, lift your eyes um, to Him, who is your source of of hope and help, and and then you will be able to get over your it and live in freedom. Thank you, Sally. That sounds that sounds great, doesn't it? So, folks, get go out there and get that book and uh, get over it. Be sure to visit my website at susankhookstra.com and sign up for the chance to win a free copy of Sally's book, Get Over It. I would also appreciate any of you visiting iTunes and posting a review of the podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Next time on The Notice... In this season of Hot Topics, do you find yourself walking on eggshells with others regarding political, cultural, or racial views? Do you find yourself easily offended or avoiding conversations because you get frustrated when others dominate the conversation? Tune in for the next episode of The Notice, where we talk about being understanding, patient, and letting go of our need to express ourselves. So listen in as we take notice of God expressing opinions. Until next time, take notice.